On this week's episode of What the Puck, the Caps leave little hope for the playoffs. Is this the end days for McPhee and Oates? And the Royals clinch a spot in the Kelly Cup playoffs. All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It's a Washington Capitals podcast. Joining me, as always, we got my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. How you doing? Uh, I'm a little sad. I'm, I'm mourning. I'm depressed. There's all kinds of levels I think every single Caps fan is feeling right now. Uh, but uh, we, we have about six games left of the regular season, and unfortunately, uh, I think those are the last six games we're going to see for the Capitals until the developmental camp in July. Yeah, I mean, that certainly seems to be the case considering the way this team has been playing as of late. I mean, since we last talked, they went, uh, what, 0-2-1 and one with losses to Boston and Dallas in regulation and a shootout loss to Nashville. And I think all three of these games can be summed up as one gigantic crap fest, especially the, the game last night. Uh, against Dallas, I thought the team showed no energy, no desire, no, um, no, no willingness to sort of go that extra mile to get into the playoffs. If you go back and you look at Boudreaux's first year, the team that was so bad going into Thanksgiving when when um, Glenn Hanlon got fired, and they bought Boudreaux in, and you could see that the team just sort of changed things around, and you could see that push that they had and the desire to make the playoffs. The energy was there. You don't see that this year, and I think this team, at least offensively, is you know on paper better than the team they had at that point. I mean, they had an aging Sergei Fedorov playing very well. They had Slava, I believe they still had Kozlov, not Slava Kozlov, they had Viktor Kozlov, who um, I'm pretty sure I can skate faster than him. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I mean, they didn't have a lot of ton, ton of talented guys, but they had a good system that was working, and they had a lot of energy and desire to be there. And you don't see that with this team right now. And I think that is a gigantic problem. With the way they're playing, they're not making the playoffs. You know, what, they're two points out right now behind uh, Columbus. I'm sorry, they're, yeah, two points behind Columbus, three points behind Detroit. They're, Jesus, what, six points out of the Metropolitan Division uh, playoff spot, so they're not getting any of those. So it's it's very hard right now to see them going and making the playoffs with the way they've been playing, especially and their and their schedule doesn't get any easier. Well, I mean, going they, they still have St. Louis and Chicago, just two of the oh. teams of the six left. They have St. Louis and Chicago. Now Chicago had a big injury. We'll mention that later when we go around the NHL. But these those are two of the top teams in the NHL right now. You got to think those are both going to be losses with the way this team plays. So you have to go and win. A, if they win four of the six. They have a decent chance. But again, they have to hope that the other teams drop points. They have to hope that Detroit or Columbus drop points. And another thing is those teams have games in hand. So you have to hope they drop points and they start dropping points soon because they're in trouble right now. And with the way they're going and the way this team is built, you know, you have to go back. And not, it's not just the players. I was listening to um, – who was he on with? The Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan this morning. I was listening to Brooks Like He was on there. And he was talking about how he thinks that they are, the players are perfectly prepared before the game. He feels like – that the coaching staff with Adam Oates, Callie Johansson, Blaine Forsyth, and I don't know if Colson gets involved in all the, the videos and stuff, probably, um, that they do a great job preparing the players for each game. But then they go out and they just crap the bed. And to some extent, these are grown-ups, and they should not, well, for the most part, I'm not entirely sure if Connor Carrick or, or Kuznetsov are just yet. Um, but these are guys that they are adults playing a child's game. There should not be any need to ex- give them any extra motivation. 
They should be going out there and giving their all every night. And the fact that they're not doing that is a gigantic problem. And that comes back on not just the players, but also the coaching staff. It really does. I mean, look at this game. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of the game uh, uh, against Dallas, but there was uh, either the fourth or fifth. You didn't goal. miss much. <laughs> well, after reading about it on Twitter, I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to miss a game, this is the kind of the one I'm okay with missing. But there, I think it was the fourth or fifth goal, and uh, one of the Dallas Stars uh, players just zoomed right past Ovechkin, who was not skating at all. He was just kind of gliding into the into uh, his own zone, and then when he realized somebody was behind him, and and that's when he put his uh, his jets on. Uh, Adam Oates talked about the fact that yeah, he gave up on that play. Ovechkin definitely did give up on that play. Uh, these players aren't motivated. They don't want to make the playoffs. Uh, it's very obvious that the the players really don't care right now. That this is not working this is this system is not working uh but Adam, what system yeah, well, that's like the, i understand the x's and o's are there and we probably don't know that because we're not in the locker room but i gotta honestly ask like what freaking system are they using right now because and you've brought this point up a bunch of times throughout the season what is their identity if you go and you look at teams you know what kind of team they're getting into their defensive team are they an offensive team i mean when boudreaux was here we knew they were not a defensive team right i mean when they saw I'm pretty. I, I don't know if it's true, but I'm pretty sure when they signed Tate or someone told him whether it was McPhee or someone else said, I, "I hope you're prepared for a lot of like odd man rushes," or just he knew that going in. Someone made the note to him that when they signed him, that that was going to be a, a definite possibility that this team was not defensive minded. But you knew they were an offensive team, and that if they went down two nothing, they or three nothing, there was a chance they could get back into this game. I remember, I can't remember what specific year it was in the Boudreaux era, but. They had a game in Edmonton where the Caps just played like just complete dog ass in the first period. And they were down – I'm trying to keep it a family show, sort of. Dog ass. Uh, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, they were down like 2-0, 3-0 after the first period, something like that. And then they came out and they won that game like 5-3 to or 6-3 to by scoring just a ton of goals in the second and the third period because they had the capability to do that. Right now they don't have that, and that comes back I think on just a lot of it on Adam Oates. He's the one that was given this team, and this is a good team on the on paper. They are a talented team. You've got Alex Ovechkin, one of the best players in the world, not just the NHL, although it is the best league in the world, so it's kind of redundant to say that, but he's one of the best players in the world. And you're putting him on a line with Jay Beagle? Okay, we've talked about that enough, but it's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. That that was continuing to happen. They finally got they, – they broke that line up. Oh, no. Okay. Oates was a big fan of Marcus Johansson. He said that before when he first came in that he thought Johansson – he's watched a lot of video on him. He thought he was a great player. I don't think he's gotten enough out of Johansson. You know, he's had spurts where he's done well. But if anything, I'm starting to wonder if Johansson is just Tomas Fleischman 2.0. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's a guy who comes out and he, he plays well for a little while and then he just he doesn't do anything for you for a long time. You know, you've got Nicholas Baxter, one of the best centers in the league. You've got Dustin Penner who is – you know, he's not one of the best players in the league but he's certainly a, a very talented player playing – should be playing a top six role. You got him on the fourth line for a significant amount of time. You had Martin Erett, who was a very good player. He was a very good offensive player on a defensive-minded team in Nashville. You could get nothing out of him for some reason. You've got a solid, you know, you Troy Brower, who he's doing better as of late. You've got somehow you're getting something out of Joel Ward. If anything, Oates uh, has definitely done a good job with Joel Ward because he's having a career year. I think the line of Chimera, Fair, and Ward definitely deserve a ton of credit. They're the only guys right now I don't want to throw in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> like almost everybody, I can't even think. Maybe Orlov, I, I'll keep out because he's younger, and like Holpe does because he hasn't played enough really. I think to deserve to get thrown in, but everyone else is just getting shoved in right now with the way they've been playing because it's just freaking ridiculous the way this thing's going. And with the way the the team they have on paper, they should be playing and they shouldn't having be having the issues of not being able to make the playoffs and having to fight like this towards the end of the season. 
Well, in my in my opinion, uh, the playoffs aren't. Uh, there's no chance anymore. I, I mean, I think Puck Daddy said it was like less than an eight percent chance of the Capitals making it. In my eyes, they've already written the the, the playoffs off. I already have as well. But during this uh, Dallas games, Coach Oates said in the middle uh, or in between the second intermission, he was like, "We're playing for the playoffs, but uh, why even do that? Because if we get into the playoffs, who are we kidding? We're not going to beat anybody." Uh, with the way that these guys are playing. So if if your coach is saying that to you before you go out for the third period or, or the second period, because I can't remember what intermission he said that in. I think it was after the first. Of course these guys are going to play like that, because yeah, what is the point? What is the point of playing that hard? To me, I think the Capitals ought to just do what they got to do, get rid of these next six games, as sad as that is, stay out of the playoffs, and then maybe give uh, give the Capitals a chance to draft somebody uh, higher than they normally would, or, or give them the ability to, to trade out and and use that that beginning spot and get rid of somebody like uh, like uh, Brooks like or or somebody Marcus Johansson who has a little bit of value because uh, besides Ovechkin even though he he's got 50 goals on the year um, and and everyone's talking about that plus minus right now uh, Adam Oates uh, under his leadership and Callie Johansson we've seen guys just decline look at Holpe look at Mike Green uh, look at when when it first started Carlsner uh, which was our, our dynamic duo. They had to get split up. Um, besides, I think they've regressed to some extent from yeah, the way they played in the past. Yeah, I mean, except for Ovechkin, uh, I'm looking at Adam Oates and saying, you've damaged this team more than you've done anything else. Uh, I was watching the uh, the Capitals report uh, today with John Walton and uh, Mike Vogel, and they brought up a good point. You know, a lot of people gave Dale Hunter a hard time for the way that he treated Ovechkin and how those two didn't get along, and I understand um, – they, those two guys not meshing and and Dale Hunter wanting to leave and go home. I, that I, I completely understand that. But Dale Hunter at least knew who his team was. He knew how to play him. He knew where Ovechkin's strengths were. And when there was that uh, one goal uh, uh, lead that they had, Ovechkin didn't play as many to- any as many minutes as before because Dale Hunter was a defensive minded guy. They, they Boudreaux and Dale Hunter. They, they talked about this in Caps report. I agree with it. You got to at least give them credit because they knew what kind of hockey they wanted to play. They and they didn't care what anybody said. They did. They made their system the way it is. Adam Oates, being the, a first-time head coach, uh, I don't think he knows he knows how to be a head coach. I think he's still learning. He's had a, a, a season and a half due to the lockout, a season and a half with this team, and uh, maybe he's still learning on the job at this point. But when you are the head coach of a sports team, you don't you got to learn on your feet, and you don't have time to kind of adjust like a lot of people do in regular jobs. When you got a year and a half, I mean, you're, you're going to be on the hot seat, especially with a team that consistently made the playoffs in the last couple of years, and to not even make it this year with, with one of the top paid guys in the league, one of the top guys in the world that everybody knows his name, uh, he's not going to be in in the playoffs and not due to an injury, just due to the fact that the team isn't doing well, that really says something about the coaching. I agree completely. It's one thing if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets from years past and you're one of the top players in the world and Rick Nash, but no one around him and you weren't making the playoffs. Like everyone was like, well, it's Rick Nash and nobody else. But if you have all this talent, given defensively not quite as much, you have all this talent and you're unable to make the playoffs, that's a problem. And it doesn't just come back on Oates. It also comes back on George McPhee. He put this team together. And it was actually – my girlfriend brought up an interesting point during the Dallas game. She questioned as to whether McPhee and Oates are on the same page. And if they're not, that's a huge problem right there. She brought up the point that McPhee brought in Penner to sort of replace Erat, but to bring Penner in as a top six player to either play with Ovechkin and Backstrom or on the second pairing – I'm sorry, the second line 
And then Oates put Penner on the fourth line. If this is an issue where McPhee has one idea and Oates is going to do something else, that's a problem. They need to work as a team to make the Capitals a better team on the ice. And if they're not working together, that is a huge problem going forward. And, you know, before you mentioned about you kind of wanted this team to miss the playoffs so they get a better draft pick, they don't need any more young guys. They've got a ton of young guys. They've got even, you know, they've got a ton of young defensive prospects. They got another one today when they just, uh, when they signed, uh, what was his name? They signed defensive prospect Madison, I don't know, if, is it Bowie? Bowie? I think you were right earlier when we talked off with Air uh, saying Bowie. They signed Madison Bowie to an entry-level deal. It starts at the beginning of next season, but it sounds like this kid actually has a lot of talent. Um, he was taken in the second round last summer. He's actually played the last three seasons with the Kelowna Rockets of the uh, Western Hockey League. So they got another young defenseman making his way up. They've got a lot of young players. Ovechkin and Backstrom aren't young anymore, but they're not old by any extent. They're definitely coming into their prime. You've got a young defenseman again in Orloff. You've got... Um, young players in Johansson. You had Kuznetsov come over, who's done very well, although he's not as good in the shootout, apparently. He's, what, at 50% right now, I think? Yeah, I think so. He's, he's, he's two for four. That's just fine. It's not bad. Uh, but the thing is, you've got these young guys. You've got these role, uh, these guys are right in their prime. And then you've got a couple of older veterans, like Penner and, and Brower's not that old, but I definitely would say he's a veteran. These are guys that you should be able to win with, and you need to surround your core players with good Role guys, guys that can go in there and get the job done that don't cost a ton of money and that you can replace. That's what the Detroit Red Wings have been doing. They have their star players in Dotsuk and Zetterberg and um, uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name at the moment, probably because he's been injured all season. Uh, but you go on, you, uh, Franzen, you have these guys that you can continually keep with you each year and then you replace the players around them. And when they become too expensive, you move them out and you bring someone up from the minors or you sign a guy from free agency. And the Capitals have not been able to do that. They go out and they have these problems with getting, you know, you go out and you bring in someone like Aaron Volpatti, who it doesn't seem like this guy is an NHL player. He can go out and fight someone, punch someone in the face. That's very nice. But, you know, it's not going to go out and get put the puck in the back of the net. You have John Erskine, who you're overpaying. And he's playing like, to go back to the word I used earlier that you seem to like, he's playing like dog ass this season. <laughs> you know, you have these guys that are supposed to be out going out there and playing top minutes. You have Erskine playing with Mike Green at one point. It's the second pairing. It wasn't working. Erskine is not a top four defenseman in the NHL. You're paying him like he is, which means you're going to be having salary cap problems. And a lot of this comes back on the general manager and – if the rumors are true that his contract is up at the end of the season, I really question as to whether he should be brought back. And honestly, I don't. At this point, I'm, I don't think he should be. I think it's time to bring in someone with a new vision for this team. I want to go out and get someone from the organizations in Boston or Detroit or Chicago. If you go and you look at the Dallas Stars, who have turned that team around phenomenally, Jim Neal was hired out of the De- uh, I'm sorry, out of the uh, Detroit organization to be their general manager, and he's done fantastic with that team. He went out and built a first line. He went out and got um, Tyler Sagan from Boston. He's got Nichuskin, the Russian. He's got him playing on the first line. And these guys are doing a great job this season. They're definitely going to be a good team going forward. The Capitals don't have that problem. I think some of the issues is that McPhee has certain players that he wants to keep around because he drafted and they just are or he, he found them like uh, like John Erskine and he's keeping them around and they just are not players that are going to push you to that next level. And I would I think it would be a good thing for this organization to have a new vision for the team. But the question is whether Leon is going to do that. If you look at the two teams that he owns right now and the Wizards and the Capitals, he has yet to fire a general manager. 
I, I think it's time to. I mean, if he if he waits till the end of the contract, it's not firing; it's just not rehiring. So, uh, if he's scared to fire somebody, this is this is an easy way to get somebody new without firing them. But uh, George McPhee, it, it it's it's his time; he's got to go. Uh, we we talked about this. I, I we've talked about this uh, in every show that we mentioned Martin Erat. I, I was never ever a fan of that trade. Um, I thought that was George McPhee's last move. I figured he'd be gone after Martin Erat didn't work out last year. Um, so it, it's it's time for him to just kind of move on. Uh, everybody's saying that, but really look at what he did at the trade deadline. He did bring in a great great guy like Penner, a guy who should make this team better. But like you said, maybe him and uh, Oates aren't really on the same page because Penner is kind of wasting his time on the fourth line. Uh, why, why bring a guy in who, who's won the Stanley Cup uh, before and put him on the fourth line like that? It doesn't make any sense. And um, I think uh, what, what's going on with George McPhee the last two years is that he's being short-sighted at the trade deadline. He is hoping that the Capitals make the playoffs and not go after the Stanley Cup. He doesn't seem like he's building a team to win the Stanley Cup. He's building a team to make it to the playoffs. Maybe the last year or two he was trying to you know get a little bit more job security by saying, look, how do you fire me when we've made the la- the playoffs the last X amount of years? Uh, and that's not, that's not how it's going to work, especially this year because we see what's going on. This team's not going to make the playoffs. If if you don't let him go after that, I mean, there's you're asking to to just go back to the way it used to be. I mean, no crowds in Verizon Center, no no energy, and a team that's no good. It doesn't make any sense on why you would do this. George McPhee's got to go. Uh, I think Adam Oates, uh, Kyle Johansson, I think they got to go. Uh, I think you just got to do a whole overhaul of the coaching staff and the front office there because they're not on the same page. They don't know what they're doing. And Adam Oates, he's got one good thing to his name since becoming the Capitals head coach, and that's Ovechkin. And he, he's given him uh, his his chance to be Ovechkin again. But past that, he, he hasn't improved one single part of the game here. Well, he's improved Joel Ward. That, that, give, give him a little credit for what that's true. That's give true. Him a little credit. The third line's been really good. It's, the thing, the problem I but, have but, with hold folks, on, but but think about this though. The third line, you've got you've got Chimmer, Joel Ward, and you have Eric Fair in there a lot of times. Eric Fair sat out of all of November. He didn't. And excellent points. He he didn't have Eric Fair playing in there when when Eric Fair easily could have been in that game. Yeah, that's a great point. It, it was is um, that point was also brought up in a piece from Peter Hassett and Russia Machine Never Breaks yeah. about why Oates should be fired. And I actually thought it was a great read. Yeah, it, uh, any, I think it makes a lot of very good points in that Oates is very good at preparing the players and doing the things that he's done since, but he is not a good at getting things done on the ice. If you go, I mean, he just switches the lineup so much that you have no way of building any consistency. These players are not going to develop any chemistry and be able to work together if you are constantly tinkering with the lineup and moving them around. I think that causes a problem. Does the, the team has no way of gelling. Or not just the team, but the lineup has no way of gelling and being able to work together when these guys are unable to know what the other one is thinking and being able where they're going to move. And why the hell they continually move Backstrom away from Ovechkin when they're not scoring just makes no sense to me. Yeah, you know, if, if you want to give Backstrom to Kuznetsov to see if you can jumpstart the kid a little, not jumpstart him, but like give the kid maybe an easier time or some more setup, put him on the line with Ovechkin and Backstrom. You know, ha- okay, well, okay, Kuznetsov, is he going to be prepared to go up against the top defenses in the league? Well, the top defenses are going to have to worry about Ovechkin and Backstrom, so Kuznetsov might have at least a little bit of space to be able to go and get something done. I don't understand why he consistently is doing that. And then the fact that they're just – 
the way things are going and the fact that the defense is as bad as it is, and they're going on having just the stupid problems, and the fact that you can't pinpoint any one thing that's wrong with this team just because there's so many. You know, usually with teams that are having problems, you can go and say, okay, well, they're just they're doing this consistently. This is the problem. It's just one thing. If it's not one thing, it's another with this team right now. And the fact that they have all of these problems, it makes you wonder if Oates should remain a head coach in this with this team. And But if it's coming down to anybody making that decision, I want it to be a new general manager. I want someone to come in with a new vision for this team who has no bias towards any one of these players to come in and say, look, these are the guys that should be playing in the NHL. These are the guys that should not be on this team. This is what we're building, and this is what we're going to do. And I want him to come in from an organization that has won before. I don't want to retread, really of someone that's already been a GM somewhere else. Unless he's someone who just moved on on his own, potentially, which I doubt that would happen. Or, um, you know, like guys out there like Darcy Rieger are potentially available. I think he did a good job in Buffalo for many years without having um, an owner that was going to back him up financially. So that's one of the guys, you know, with some money, what would he be able to do? But with the way things went in Buffalo the last couple of years, that would be a giant question. I'd love to see someone come in from, like I mentioned before, Boston or Detroit or Chicago, someone that knows how to win. I want to see somebody come into the Caps organization from outside the Caps organization. Exactly. I I, I want to. I, I'm like. I know. I know it's great to to bring past players in, let them be coaches. Uh, they played for the Capitals. Um, and well, Oates would have been a head coach somewhere if it wasn't with Washington. He was one of the top like uh, assistant coaches around the league that was going to become a head coach if it wasn't with the Caps. It was going to be with somebody else. If just for whatever reason it's not working, and I, I question to some extent how much of it is on the coaching staff just because some of these players are just not good enough to be playing right now. And that goes back on McPhee that he brought these guys in. It's just not working out. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. It's <laughs> I feel, frustrating. Yeah. I feel like we've said everything that, that has to be said on this. I mean, Adam Oates, if he has his own system, we kept saying it. People got to come in, learn his system, and everything like that. And and but you really can't pinpoint where his system is. This team uh, isn't offensive; they aren't defensive. Uh, I I think that George McPhee makes panic moves the last couple of years at the trade deadline just to bring people in. Uh, let's, I mean, just look at what we talked about this before. We don't have to talk about it again. But look at look at bringing Halak in. Halak, yes, made this team better, but we lost Neuverth. Uh, who who was a solid goalie, and he he brought in Halak, who who minimally makes his team a better team. Um, yeah, there everyone talked about how the Caps needed goaltending to be able to get into the playoffs. Well, we got a goalie. How'd that work out? Yeah, I mean, obviously defense was the problem. It was never addressed, but I understand that you know not everybody's going to give a top four defenseman out there for the amount of money amount of money you're looking for. So uh, I understand not being able to find that person, but that's it's it's on George McPhee on not not building the team that that really needs it. And is is uh, is Adam Oates going in there saying, look, here's the here's where the holes are. Let's talk about what we're going to need here, or is or is George McPhee just making calls on his own? Is Wheeling is, and dealing. Is Adam Oates just uh, is, is he timid around the front office? Does he not? Ha- you don't really see him get fired up like Bruce used to do, you know, or even Dale Hunter. Well, that's not as bad. I, I, it's sometimes nice to see a coach that's going to go nuts, and sometimes you know you don't need a coach to just go crazy because maybe he's going to annoy the referee. I mean, there's one point where Boudreaux was going crazy a couple of years back. You could see that Jason Arnott was trying to calm him down. That was one of the good moves, actually, that McPhee made when he went in and brought in Arnott. I thought that was actually a very smart move. Uh, so let's give McPhee a little bit of credit. That's the thing with McPhee. Like, he makes these really good moves, and then he follows them up with, like, a bunch of really dumb moves. And you're just like, just, can you be one or the other? Like, either be really good at your job or just suck. 
but like pick one so we know how we should feel about you. Because McPhee's going to get a job as a GM again if the Capitals do not bring him back. I can, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure he'll get another opportunity. It's just I think he's put his stamp on this team and it didn't work, and you move him out. But if you go and you look at the roster, I mean, it's just. It's just it's such a problem right now. But with the head coach, I don't really mind that Oates doesn't get all fired up and go a little crazy. I think to some extent you don't want to piss off the referees because then they might start not only just ignore you, but kind of, I mean, they're people too. They don't want to deal with your crap as well. So they got enough probably with the players yelling at them. So they want to go out. You know, you want to. I like that Oates talks to them and, and, and wants to figure out what's going on. He gets fired up from time to time. But, you know, if there, it, the problems we, that Oates creates is the fact that he's just so inconsistent. And you can't pinpoint what this team's identity is right now. They're not an offensive team. They're not a defensive team. What are they? They're, they're not making the playoffs. That's, that's, that's the team they are right now. <laughs> they're on the outside looking in. That's what they are. Yeah, so they do have a, a couple games left to come up. But uh, really, it's 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 six games, and, and that's pretty much it. I, I don't expect to see these guys... Uh, anywhere near the Stanley Cup playoffs, unless you know one team they might be just, watching. Yeah, one team's just going to implode. Then maybe the Capitals will make it, and it really sucks. As as a, a hockey fan, I I like to watch as much hockey as I possibly can. As a Caps fan, it hurts even more uh, knowing that the Capitals aren't going to make the playoffs, especially when there's just so much talent on this team. I mean, you look at there's Olympian John Carlson. You got silver medalist Nick Backstrom. You've got Alex Ovechkin, who is one of the most fun guys to watch. You've got you've got Halak and Holtby, even though Holtby didn't have the greatest season. Both solid goaltenders. For like you've said many times, on paper this team would be indestructible. But for some well, reason, let's not go that far. On paper, this team is still a freaking nightmare defensively. Well, I, I mean, take if you take out this past season, you do have you know Mike Green, who has has uh, had brilliant moments. In the past, but this season was not his season. Uh, it could be who he's paired with. It could be him not feeling uh, well. Maybe he's got an injury that no one really knows. I don't know, but yeah, but I, he's never been solid defensively. So the fact, I mean, if you go and you look at what year did hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. What year did they draft Mike Green? You go and you draft, and the same year they drafted Ovechkin. Actually, remember that because Ovechkin is sitting like a row or two rows in front of Green. At the draft. Oh. <laughs> if you go back, and I, I noticed because I have the clip of him getting drafted, and then you go back and you see it, and you're like, hey, that's Mike Green. Like, sitting right behind him, looking with a, he's probably with like a stupid haircut that he used to have, and just sitting there all like, oh, clapping, like, oh, good job. Okay, so he got drafted in 2004. He, uh, he started playing in the NHL in 2005, 2006. He played only 22 games. So let's say his first real year was 06, 07, right? He played 70 games. You haven't been able to find a solid defensive partner for him since 2000 or freaking six. How is that possible? That's a long time. How just un freaking believable is it that you cannot find? It's taken you what, eight years. You haven't been able to find a freaking defensive partner for him yet. Yeah, you had Jeff Schultz for a little while. He had a season where he wasn't a ton of crap, but then Jeff Schultz became Jeff Schultz. You know. But other than that, I mean, you've brought in guys. You brought in Scott Hannon. That didn't work out. And, you know. So I remember when he brought in Hannon. Someone, one of the reporters asked McPhee, you know, um, how long have you been looking for a defenseman? He says, four years or something. How long have we been looking for four years? Oh, it took me four years. It was probably a joke on his part, but to some extent, there's truth to that. It's taken them forever to find a defensive partner. This is the team that McPhee put together, and all of the holes that are there, these ridiculous contracts and these players that they signed or brought in that aren't working out, that's all on him. 
It is. It, it really is. And uh, at the end of this season, I don't see George McPhee being here any longer. If he is, I, I, I don't know what to say about the Capitals. If he is still here after this season, uh, the, the, the problems, like you just brought up a great point, the problem in defense will remain there. Uh, because he he because the team he built is not a team that's going to win. It's not going to go very far in the playoffs or make the playoffs at all. Now, um, it, this was far from a perfect season. There were lots of injuries. Uh, there were lots of question marks, like Brooks, like Martin Erad, who who you didn't really know what was going to happen with him. Uh, this is this has been just a uh, a bad season for the Capitals. Nothing has gone right for these guys. Per usual, kind of, because um, these skids they usually have only last usually like four to five games, but this was an entire season. I mean, look at uh, just look at what they do after they they get a goal. I mean, how many times did did the other team get a goal immediately after? I mean, this team could not could not do anything right this season, and uh, big changes need to be made. I I think we're going to see a restructured team next year. Um, There's going to be a lot of work for Ted Leonsis uh, in the offseason, so we'll see what happens, but um, enjoy the next six games that that are going to be on, because I really don't think we're going to see anything past that up until July, when we're going to see a bunch of developmental guys, so it it sucks to say that, and it sucks to kind of write them off, even with six games left. But I mean, I've I've kind of lost hope in in a postseason this year. Is it October yet? <laughs> that's, that's, that's my big question right now. Yeah, so that 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 really sucks. Anything else we should talk about in uh, in Caps World? Uh it just I I found on Russian Machine Never Breaks that the reason Joe Beninati has missed the last fa- last few Caps games apparently is due to the fact that he has laryngitis, which. I'm guessing makes it a little bit harder for someone to do play-by-play on television. I would think so. So that explains why we've had we have been suffering through Al Koken, <laughs> who's not horrible. He's just not very good. He's very he, he's very proud of the fact that at Della Rose's in Baltimore, there is a shot named after him. Him and I uh, had a discussion in a bar after a preseason game earlier this year. Did you have that. a good interaction with him? Because I've I didn't directly meet him, but I was at uh, Green Turtle next to pretty much attached to Verizon Center after a game once, and he like uh, people I was with wanted to get a picture with him, and for whatever reason, like the camera kept it came out like once blurry, so they asked him and Craig Lachlan again if they could uh, take the picture again, and they, I mean they were just in there to get a drink, and and Lachlan was like goofing around with them. And whatever else, and then, but Al Koken just looks so like annoyed. It's uh, like, don't be a jerk, man. But and you suck at play by play, so whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't have that kind of interaction, but I think that's because I had a pretty blonde girl with me who he was somewhat interested in. So I think his uh, his motivation to talk to me, being like, "Oh, see, I'm nice to your friend. Don't you want to hang out with me a little bit more?" Kind of kind of worked out uh, worked out that way. So I think that's why I didn't have the same interaction <laughs> that that you did, but. Uh, all right. So well, uh, yeah, he didn't have any women around him, so you never know with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you, you did bring up um, RussianMachineNeverBreaks.com. They did put out that article about reasons why Adam Oates should get fired and, and stuff like that. And uh, I, I agree with you. That was a really a great article by Russian Machine. So some of the stuff that we talked about, they, they kind of went a little bit more in-depth in on that article. So uh, we definitely have to give them kudos for writing that. It really is a great piece. So if you haven't checked it out, go to RussianMachineNeverBreaks.com. So uh, is, that it for, is that it for Caps World? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it in Cap's world. Uh, we're doing a lot more than they are right now. <laughs> Very true. So if that's it, we're going to make a quick pit stop in Baltimore. Then we're going to go up 83. But first, here is a word from the Baltimore Sports Report Network. What, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? He's a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. Up 83, we're talking Hershey Bears, Redding Royals, Erie Otters. The list goes on and on. But Coach Dan, let's start it off. What's going on in Chocolate Town? Well, since we last talked, Hershey went 2-0 with wins over Albany and St. John's. They also played tonight, and they actually won against Portland, winning 3-2. Now, with that win, the Bears jumped into the playoff race. They are now 8th in the Eastern Conference with 78 points. They are 1-up on ninth place Norfolk. However, Hershey has played one more game. So they need a couple of key losses. They need to keep winning. So Hershey can be playing in the Calder Cup playoffs. As for Reading, they went 2-0 with both of those wins coming over Elmira. They also played tonight, interestingly enough, against Orlando, winning 6-2. So the Royals currently sit at first in the Eastern Conference with 89 points and have officially clinched the Kelly Club playoffs. So congratulations to them. A job well done. At least one team in this freaking organization can make the playoffs without having to drive their fans completely insane. (laughs) That is the past week in the AHL and the ECHL. What's going on up in the OHL? That's right. The Erie Otters. We got our our star uh, Caps prospect, Andre Burakoski, playing for them. Uh, They came out of the quarterfinals with with, uh, four wins, so they advanced on to the semifinals. They had their first game tonight against uh, a team, I, I believe it's Salt St. Marie. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I'm no. not sure. Yeah, so they're, they're the Salt St. Marie Greyhounds from Ontario. Uh, they, they play at the Esser Center, but the Erie Otters were able to come out with a win tonight against them. Uh, 3-1 up against those guys. Their next game is on Friday, April 4th at 7.07. And then Monday, April 7th, 7.05. And then Tuesday, April 8th at 7.05. Hopefully next Wednesday we will be reporting about the Erie Otters coming out of the semifinals and uh, heading right into the OHL finals as well. So that would be pretty great for those guys. Uh, So that's pretty much it for Up 83. Go Otters, go Bears, uh, go Royals. Congratulations on making the Kelly Cup uh, uh, final or Kelly Cup tournament once again. Uh, Let's repeat that like we did last year. But that's pretty much it for Up 83. Now let's go around the NHL. All right, just like the Capitals are are sucking it up for the last little bit of this year, uh, the NHL, other teams all over the league are getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to start seeing some really cheesy commercials soon on TV, uh, if you haven't already seen them already. Oh, but, uh, Coach Dan, what's going on around the NHL? Now, let's start with a little injury news. Chicago captain Jonathan Taves will miss the rest of the regular season with an upper body injury. Uh, another star player injury news, Colorado will be without center Matt Duchesne for the next month after spraining his, his I'm going to say MCL because I'm going to butcher those words. He sprained his MCL in his left knee, so that's two star players that went down. Wondering if the Olympics had anything to do with these things. I'm not necessarily going to go out and say that that's definitely the reason, but you have Duchesne, Taves, and Tavares that all got injured, uh, Tavares being at the Olympics. I don't think that's necessarily a case there. It's just an interesting point that the anti-NHL players going into the Olympics are going to use that as sort of their argument as to why the players should not be there. 
Uh, Buffalo will honor Dominic Hoshik next season by retiring his number 39. So congratulations to him. Now, speaking of Buffalo, they have dropped the interim tag from head coach Ted Nolan's title and have signed him to an extension. So congratulations to him and the Buffalo Sabres. Ted Nolan's actually a pretty good coach. We'll see what he can do up there in Buffalo. Now, congrats, I think to Philly forward Vincent LeCavalier and scoring his 400th career goal. He did score his 400th career goal, but he's still a douche. So, uh, LeCavalier, you could bite me. And finally, Dallas forward and all-around good story, Rich Peverly, said last Friday that he wants to come back and play in the NHL. Now, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon, but it's great to see that he still has the desire to play. And hopefully one day he will be playing back in the NHL once he gets his heart and everything sort of fixed and hopefully doesn't have any more problems there. Uh, That's the news from the past week in the NHL. All right, well, let's go over this cap schedule of what's left this regular season. Nightmare gauntlet. (laughs) On Friday, April 4th, the Capitals uh, are up in New Jersey, up against the Devils. That game is at 7 o'clock. It will be on locally Comcast Sportsnet Plus, but it's also a national game on the NBC Sports Network. Saturday, April 5th, the Capitals then travel to New York up against the Islanders. That is a 5 o'clock start, and that will be on Comcast Sportsnet. Then on Tuesday, April 8th, the Capitals, they are up against the Blues. All road games, man. The Blues, one of the best teams in the West. That game starts at 8 o'clock. That will be a national game on NBC Sports Network and locally here on Comcast. Sportsnet. Now we know what the Capitals do regularly, but when they are on a national stage during an NBC sports game, they really know how to suck it up even more. They, they've not had any good showings on the NBC Sports Network at all, so uh, those two games I think are going to be really rough for these Capitals. Um, up against the Blues, that's that's just going to be a, a battle for those guys. Let's hope they can keep their heads in it. Uh, I, I don't I don't even know what to expect from these guys anymore. I think we might see one good period each game, and then the rest will, will be on autopilot. But uh, hopefully the Capitals can come out with a win or two uh, in between these next three games. The Devils, the Islanders, and the Blues will definitely not make it easy for these Capitals at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, if you go and you look at the games, let's see, they got six games left. Let's say St. Louis-Chicago probably a loss. Uh, okay, so let's say they go on the beat New Jersey, the Islanders, uh, Carolina, and Tampa. That's what, eight points? That puts them at 89 points? Not going to do it. I don't think that's enough. I mean, that's only what? Detroit only would be five points to get to 89. Columbus only needs six. It's tough. You need these teams to start losing. I mean, Detroit just tied it up against Boston tonight, so that if they can go out and get some more points there, that's a problem, and they already have a game in hand. So, you know, you need these teams to start taking some key losses in regulation, and you need to start getting some wins in regulation. Although, I guess at this point, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it's regulation or not, as long as it's not against a team that you're fighting for a playoff spot with. Um, you know, if, if they can win four of those games and be able to go and steal at least one of the Chicago or St. Louis games, they got a shot. But they got to go and hope the other teams lose. And it's, you know, if you're barely squeaking into the playoffs and then you got to go up against Boston or Pittsburgh, yeesh. Like, well, it's going to, I think at this point, it's going to be Boston. They're nine points up on Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, you got to go up against the Bruins in the first round. Well, thanks for playing. <laughs> you know, here's a nice, yay, you made the playoffs. Here's a worse draft pick and it's, you know, you're not going to get anything for it. So, you know, it, it's just disappointing that this is what this season came to after having so much promise at the beginning of the season and having it just become a giant pile of crap. 
Yeah, it really sucks, and uh, I, I wish we were in better spirits. I wish we were counting down to the playoffs, but it's just not the case this year. It's not in the cards, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But if you want to talk about Capitals hockey with Coach Dan or I, make sure you tweet to us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash and Coach Dan. Where can people tweet to you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. You can also find me at CapitalsOutsider.com. This is a Caps fan-run website devoted to the Washington Capitals. I had an article go out on Monday, I want to say, uh, about Brooks like and whether he should be on this team next season or not. That's CapitalsOutsider.com. But Brandon, what about the Brando Cash Network? Uh, make sure you go over to BrandoCash.com. Uh, that's where you get information. That's our new hub uh, on What the Puck and uh, Ravens Podcast, The Call. If you want to go check out our blog over there, uh, Josh from The Call just posted up a, a new blog about, uh, I think it's about his bedroom and all of the Ravens memorabilia that he's got hanging up and all the memories he's got watching games. It's it's pretty fun kind of getting into his head about football, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we've got plenty of information about those two shows, uh, but don't forget we are on social media with what the puck you can go to facebook.com slash wtp podcast two p's in that title like us over there you get new information about this show whenever uh we we want to break some news about it we'll keep you updated about what's going on with the erie otters and the the redding royals hershey bears washington capitals as much as we can we are also on twitter follow the show at wtp underscore podcast now of course this show is done completely for free you guys download it for free are you stream it for free there are plenty of ways to listen to what the puck thank you no matter how you do it but we are available on itunes stitcher the baltimore sports report network and CapsHill.com. make sure uh, you let people know leave us an itunes review let the baltimore sports report and capsule.com know that you're a fan of what the puck leave us some comments on those pages and let everybody else know about what the puck uh, all you got to do all we ask in return is to let people know about the show uh, be so with the show so let people know on facebook and twitter and tumblr and pinterest and vine and instagram and reddit let people know that you are a caps fan uh you listen to what the puck and they should too so that's pretty much it for what the puck this week we got three more games uh whether this team comes out wins or not we are going to continue to rock the red and we are going to continue to say let's go caps This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman.